Andy Crestedina, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on. Uh, your um, large number of things to do style of uh, blog entries over the years has always inspired me and given me stuff to go work on. And uh, as I talk to more people lately about what's coming next and rebound is a word we're all saying, you have uh, put together some ideas that are really great. And in our uh, kind of short segment, uh, you and I talked about like, if you were to bubble up a few that are high impact, manageable, and we've all got a little time maybe on our hands, um, we'll have to work on. And maybe before we do that, because I jumped right into the middle, mm -hmm. um, quick, who is Andy Crestedina and what are you great at in the world? Uh, I am another Michael LaVista. I'm a guy that's been in this town and we're in Chicago doing digital stuff going way back. So I started in January of 2000, building websites with Barrett, my friend from high school, roommate from college. And Orbit started in, in April of 2001. So we're both in that same generation, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically I'm, I'm a, uh, the CMO now of my company because I hired an executive. Uh, Todd Gettelfinger runs the place, he's awesome. But I'm someone who speaks and teaches and writes and makes videos. Um, I'm best known for just uh, an article I write every two weeks on our own blog. And uh, speaking at events, I wrote um, Content Chemistry, which is the illustrated handbook for content marketing. Uh, so I'm just one of those guys that's out there teaching digital marketing. That's great. Well, so and I, I set you up uh, pretty well to talk about that, that two-week blog. Um, so if there are some high-impact things to do, thinking about a rebound, what are, what are your favorites? And I know because a lot of, you know, whenever I go through your list, I always look at the things that are sort of like, I can probably do these right now. And there's some others that require some uh, kind of like system two thinking around like, I have to solve a problem before I do this. So kind of balancing those, what are, what are your favorites to look at for end of year plus, you know, things to, to think about? Sure. Well, first of all, let me apologize for any background noise because there's a jackhammer on my window, but we're keeping it real today. Every brand has super fans. Every brand has advocates and recommenders take a minute to reach out to the people that are advocates for you, uh, people you've worked with in the past, and ask them if they wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit of advice that you can put down your website. It's not an obvious step, but it has huge, huge value in digital. If you, websites are basically like, we love us, this is how we're good, this is what we do, this is why you should believe us. But if you don't add evidence to support those assertions, then your website is basically just a whole bunch of unsupported marketing claims. Most websites are just a whole bunch of marketing, unsupported marketing claims. So as soon as you get an evidence, as soon as you get a testimonial, so reach out to your fans, write little testimonials if they're too busy, get their approval and add that to your site. It's foundational. It will be there for years. It will make your site better, make your brand sparkle. It's a set it and forget it kind of thing, a permanent upgrade that really anyone can do. Well, you know, and you brought up something that I really like, which is I, I always think that people make better editors than writers. And so, you know, your thoughts on, is it okay to send people, a, you know, would you say this or here's a sample, you know, blurb I love to use. Um, does that feel authentic to you? Is that good? It sounds like you do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. And, and now I'll get uh, very tactical and a little bit sneaky. There are lots of people who will simply respond by saying, sure, what would you like me to talk about? And, and basically they're asking you for help in there helping you. So if you write the first draft of a short testimonial, or if you, if you say like, yeah, I'm hoping to cover these things, then uh, this is very common. A lot of testimonials you read are actually like this. And I don't think there's anything the least bit sketchy or, or weird about it. Just 
write the thing that you hope that they would say, basically putting words in their mouth, give them every opportunity to change it, adapt it, throw it out, rewrite it, cut it, cut something. But when you do that, this is sneaky of me. You have the opportunity to include keywords hmm. in the testimonial. A keyword focused testimonial has a benefit both in search optimization, helping you rank and conversion optimization, triggering trust and the psychology of people taking action. So keyword focused testimonial is both cheese and mousetrap. It can attract visitors and turn them into leads. So uh, it both makes life easier for them. It gives you a chance to have this other angle on your marketing. And uh, I honestly don't think there's anything weird about it. You're just kind of giving them a, a shortcut or head start on the, on the mini favor they're going to do for you. No, that's great. That's great. I love that. Um, all right. So what can I do next? After I do that, I get some testimonials <laughs> and then. Well, speaking of search, I think it's actually pretty uncommon for people at brands to search for their brand or for people to Google themselves, take a minute. This is almost certainly the number one keyword that people use to find your company in search is the, the name of your company. So this is actually the starting point. A lot of people think like, oh, how are people getting to our website or what do they see when they land on our website? But actually their, their experience, right? Their customer journey started before that. This is gonna sound kind of irrelevant, but I just thought of it. Uh, I read someone once gave this advice you're, the first impression you made wasn't when you walked up to the person and started talking to them. You made your first, they saw you walk into the room. So smile every time you walk through a door. If a door triggers you to smile, you're going to make better first impressions for the rest of your life. The, my point is you are making an impression long before you thought you were. So everyone works so hard on their homepage. Actually work on the search results page for your brand. Google your brand. Are there reputation issues? It, does Google put you in the right category over on the knowledge panel on the side? What are the site links they put for your top ranking, your snippet, your search snippet for your branded keywords? So Google your brand and see, uh, you know, does anything there need polishing? And then the next step isn't very prescriptive. It depends on what you found, but uh, pay attention to that. It's, it's, it's really important. I like that a lot. And what, what are, you know, you and I chatted briefly about, um, you know, when you do do that and you see some things that maybe you don't want in there, you want to, uh, I think you use a very technical term, smush them down. Uh, <laughs> what, what are, uh, is that a longer conversation? What are, what are some highlights from smushing? Well, if there is something that you would prefer not to appear in the search result for your branded query for people searching for your company, one way to manage the search results page for your brand is to go claim all the social media profiles even if you're not active on that social media profile because social profiles rank. So right. it's like, oh, we're not active on YouTube. Yeah, but you've got an About Us video. Put the About Us video on YouTube, create a YouTube channel of one video. It's gonna, it's, the channel's name is your brand. YouTube channels frequently rank. That, so what, what you're doing is just helping to fill page one's search results in Google with the things that, with your profiles, pushing down sometimes negative PR. That, that can be effective. In fact, what Google's going to do is probably recommend other key phrases as the person searches for your brand. So if you've got like negative star reviews in Glassdoor or things like you may need to go back to the previous step where we just said, reach out to super fans and have them write a review for you, maybe on those websites. Right. So you can manage reputation by improving the aggregate star reviews. If there's any reviews that appear, if there's negative press, you can push it down by claiming profiles. Uh, if there's a, your knowledge panel, you need to go to business.google.com and make sure you're in the right category. I just talked to someone the other day, they're like a medical school, but it just put them in university. Mm. No, there's a more specific category for your brand in local SEO. Go get, go 
update the category in your Google My Business account to be medical school, not just university. It's stuff like this. Uh, if you do, when you search for your brand, there's probably you're going to rank number one. Below that, there's going to be site links through, you know, four different pages that Google recommends that people jump directly to. Look very closely at those pages because Google is pushing people into those pages. Though these are the these are the on ramps, right? Put billboards on on ramps. These are the pages that should get that testimonial. By the way, that testimonial, whatever it was, put it in the most po- the most viewed pages on your website. If yeah. your website were a city, there'd be a highway flowing through it. Put your best billboards on those highways. Work extra hard on your top visited pages. They are ten times more visible than your other pages. And it's just and for larger brands where they might be fighting sort of ad competition for their own name. Um, is that just an outspend the other guy cold war kind of scenario or what, what, what can you do there? Oh man. You mean like when people bid on your brand? Yeah. Drives you crazy, right? My, the best results I've gotten from that personally were to sort of kill them with kindness. I, I try to make friends with the companies that are bidding on my brand. I don't shame them, but I ask nicely to the executives there. Hey, yeah. did you know, I'd be grateful if you took this off. Obviously, this person's not searching for you. The response is often a bit contrite, like, oh, I didn't know my PPC company was doing that. And then I, I totally understand we delegate certain things too. I'd be thrilled if you could just ask them nicely to just, what's it called, suppress our brand name from your PPC right. bids. Uh, and twice that's been successful. Okay. <clears throat> it's worth a try, right? And that's free. Cost nothing. Yeah. Um, so, so what would number three be on our list of things you really should do that aren't that hard and have a big impact? Well, speaking of reputation management, if you haven't created a brand listening uh, email for when your brand gets mentioned, you can just get a free one at TalkWalker Alerts. And then you're going to get an email once a week or however long you set it, however frequently you set it for, to be notified every time a blog or a news site mentions your brand. This is, uh, there's several benefits to this. One is reputation management, as we discussed. You can at least see what people are saying about you. Another is to build relationships with editors and bloggers and journalists. Someone mentioned you didn't know about it. Boy, you really should share it, mention them, connect with them on LinkedIn, thank them because this person just gave you a marketing benefit. You should you know, know who they are, build a, you know, build a little friendship there. And then the other one is an SEO thing. If the brand mention of your company's name did not link back to your site, uh, you have an opportunity to try to uh, say hello, thank them. And then if the conversation continues, ask them nicely if they wouldn't mind turning that into a link to your site. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that link was to a social media profile. You'd rather have them link back to your domain. That has a big long-term benefit in SEO. It's step zero in all link building efforts. It's going to grow the authority of your site in the long run, helping you rank for those really valuable, really competitive key phrases. Yeah. And you would always want to link to the site and not a social profile for SEO purposes, right? Yeah. Who needs another Twitter follower? (laughs) You'd much rather, the value is maybe a hundred X or more having a link to your website rather than a link to your social profile. That's really great. Okay. Um, So uh, give me two more to, to look at for my end of year. I've got a couple hours to do something for my brand? Well, a lot, we talked about social profiles. Uh, if there's the most social channel is probably just email. People who are not active at all on social media are still sending 20 or 50 or 100 emails a day. 
are your emails working as hard as possible to give you a marketing benefit? This one is also set it and forget it. Do the people in your company have consistent email signatures? Take a minute to make sure that your email signatures, maybe have a link to your blog if you've got an active content program, maybe have a link to social profiles in case that person does wanna connect with you on LinkedIn, it's very valuable to grow your personal network. Uh, does, is it standard? Is it polished? Does it have up-to-date information? So we took a minute to do this years ago and just had, gave everybody a standard email signature. I, mine has a, a link to my most recent article, which I appended to the bottom. Uh, I added campaign tracking code on that so I can see how many people click on that. I get 300, I can tell you with certain certainty, the attribution for my email signature link. I get around 300 visitors a year to our website from my email signature effort five minutes, cost zero, uh, durability forever. That's a really great one. Uh, I never even thought about that, putting like a UTM type code on your your links in your email so you know what channel it's coming from. That's a good one. Yeah, why not? It's a, I mean, any specific effort that you undertake to drive traffic, uh, if you ever want to know the results of that, you need to put a uh, UTM tracking codes on that. If not, what is that person clicking on that link? How do they get categorized? Well, if they came from Gmail, they look like referral traffic. If they yeah. came from an app or you know Outlook or their phone, they look like direct traffic. They just end up getting mixed in and you'll never know if it was effective or not. Adding a UTM tracking code takes like 10 seconds. Right, oh, that's great. Uh, uh, right, one so more? What's my, what's my last one for hitting 2021? <laughs> I love this. We're just bouncing all over. There's no order, by the way. This no, is fun. No order. This is there's just no a order. stream of consciousness. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, you can prioritize things in digital. Like I said, prioritize the pages. You know, if you're going to improve a web page, improve a page that gets a lot of visibility. But generally, I think it's an important, it's, it's maybe helpful to mention that, uh, that digital marketing is something you can do anything and make a difference. There's no order. It's like a giant, I think of it like, you know, a meal. What should you take a bite of first? Who cares? You're going to eat this whole thing. My last tip, though, is related to email because we were on that. When someone takes action on your website, especially if they decide to subscribe, uh, what happens next? Did they get an email response? Did they get a series of email responses? Did they get nothing? The the so-called welcome series, email welcome series, is almost certainly the most effective emails you'll ever send because they're going out automatically. Effort is very low. You just set it up once. Uh, And that visitor, that subscriber is at a peak of their interest. They just added their email address. So for us, they get an email immediately saying, thanks, well, you know, welcome to our newsletter. They get another email uh, three days later, another one a week later, another one two weeks later. I have friends who've set up email welcome series that go like eight messages long. You can create very long welcome Mm -hmm. series but the open and click-through rates on these are high because that person has just raised their hand. They're familiar with the brand. They're feeling connected. Uh, so that, so if you haven't yet, Active Campaign or whatever you're using should make it simple. Create a, a welcome series of emails that go to people who just took action on your website. Uh, that's like, again, set it and forget it, do it once and tons of, you know, basically free traffic forever. I love that. You know, it's funny, as we've been talking, I'm going back to something you said when we started, um, which is, it sounds like we both started within a couple of weeks of each other. So I remember, uh, so our incorporation date is January 5th, 2000. Really? Wow. And, and the reason it was the 5th is because my, my partners and I actually started 
a few weeks before that, or maybe maybe a couple months before that, and we were legitimately worried about Y2K. Mm. We were worried, like, well, should we be doing this? Like, will will the world implode? You know, um, at the end of the year, and then it didn't, and we waited a couple of days, and nothing happened. So we finally, you know, signed the papers. And since then, you and I have been through however many rebound moments. Sure, three recessions and, at least. Right. And um, I'm curious for you, you know, personal slash business. Um, uh, what do you what do you look at to get yourself and your company through, you know, what we've been through already this year and looking to 2021? What what are your what are your core ideas to keep everybody focused and motivated? Well, I think the very first thing I said was pay close attention to your super fans. Every business has advocates. Yeah. When uh, a lot of us need to, you know, we're project-based companies. We're looking ahead to where the next, you know, the pipeline, building relationships with new people because we need new relationships all the time. But when things get tough, uh, you need to confirm your closest, most important relationships and make sure they're strong. And I'm talking about like family, like let's go, let's be real about like, are the people in our lives, in this case, healthy, right? Is everyone going to be okay? Is everyone, are we all in sustainable positions? Has everyone got a good setup where they're going to be able to make it through? And then, you know, your team and then your closest clients and your, your, your personal network. I think that if you, it's like that plant in the kitchen, I hardly ever water it's only alive at the very end. It's like, it, <laughs> I'm still at the office. Someone has to come water the plants and check the mail. Don't, don't just focus on the far you know, peripheries of your network. Get back to those closest relationships. If you're a content marketer, create content for your current clients. That's the purpose of this article. Get ready for the rebound is to help the people who are, you know, I, the most important readers to this were the clients that I sent this to and reviewed it with them together make sure that your closest relationships are good. That's family followed by your team, followed by your current clients, followed by your, you know, and it goes out in these concentric rings. So that's my best advice for anybody, any, any, any time of crisis is to, um, you know, prioritize, keep your eye on the prize and uh, uh, focus on, you know, love and friendships. Sounds cheesy. I mean it. No, it's great. I, I love it. I, I feel like we're, we're on the same page because a lot of what I've been trying to do is make sure that um, that everyone's okay. And if I'm doing anything that's uh, quote unquote new, it's reaching out to people like you to say, you know, gosh, we've known each other for a long time. Let's actually do something together. And um, that has gone uh, well 100% of the time. It, 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 everyone yeah. is looking for connection. They're looking for mutual support right now. And and frankly, uh, everyone's looking for like the energy and ideas to to, to to keep themselves sustained, you know, into the new year. So that's great. Well, hats off to you, Michael, for creating a format that, that, that builds that connection. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you. Uh, this is a case study in the kind of content and format that uh, brings people together. Even if there are zero listeners to this, uh, I feel gratitude and appreciate this time we have. Well, that's great. Based on past performance, I can guarantee you in the double digits of views for this podcast (laughs) and uh, someday triple. We'll see. This was excellent. Hey there. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to your more content just like that.